You're listening to Mount Hermeneutics, where three Marines give their perspective on God, faith, and spirituality with a heavy lean on the divine council worldview. This is not your grandma's Sunday school, nor is it always for the Christian faint of heart. Nothing about who we are or what we say make us experts, but you better believe we'll have a take and perhaps it won't suck. Disclaimer, I'm, I'm tired and cranky. Why are you tired? So, uh, just, just, I didn't I'm, notice. I didn't ask why you're cranky. I just asked why just, you're tired. Just, <laughs> I'm just like, cause so. I'm, cause I'm old just cause <laughs> I mean, I'm just old and tired. And, and, uh, for those listening at home, Brian is 78. <laughs> I take, I mean, clean <laughs> for those of you who can see me, the secret, just clean living. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So is this thing on? This yeah, is on. right. So we're recording. So do you know we didn't we didn't come into this call today with uh you know a heavy preset uh conversation like we have in the last couple. Uh, one of the things we had talked about throughout the week and last week was maybe tying up some loose ends over what we talked about on the last show and maybe two shows back. So I don't know if we wanted to jump into that. I mean, real quick, one um did anybody have any follow on thoughts about our conversation on the Trinity slash <laughs> Holy spirit? Um, it, it's weird. I, I feel like show. I did. And now I like, I don't remember. What's the light went know. on. It's been, you, it's you went it's blank been, again. I feel like the whole conversation kind of replayed in my head. And I'm like, why didn't I say that? Why didn't I say that. It was stupid. Why did I go there? I should have said that. By the way, is that going to be like a thing now you're going to start recording when I'm like midway through a, Yes. Some, some, no, I just, I just hit record so that we had all of this collected in case we got, we dove into something cool. Cause I can gotcha. cut through yeah, uh, and yeah, I kind of yeah. have on the other shows and I will on this one, I tend to find kind of the starting point, but if we got into something like right out of the blue, that was like deep, I hate to lose it when it, we could have just had it. Right. Yeah. Um, so the first thing that I want to say about our conversation with the Trinity last week is that um, I want to apologize out there for my trash ass explanation of uh, of the ternary system and in the law of three. Um, it, admittedly, it's something that I had had just picked up on that week, and I, I thought it was really interesting. And I'm and I'm uh, initially a subscriber to that thought. Um, and if anybody wants to, you know go further into that there's a really good book by cynthia Bourgeau. link will be in the description called uh holy trinity and the law of three so you can you kind of pick that book up or take it so none of that stuff is, is something i made up and uh even though it sounded like i did because i sounded ridiculous but, but cynthia Bourgeau is a is a is a, is a spiritual wisdom teacher and and it has some pretty good stuff on that, and among other topics that have to do with with uh, spirituality. I think, in fairness, it's really hard to come across and explain someone else's philosophy, right? If you just read it the first time. So, I mean, yeah, you know, and, it's and, like you know, the first she time has you read anything, classes and seminars on this thing, right. where where actually she in her book she talks about how she developed this with her top students, and they went through to create this thing. So. I, I am not a top student nor a student at all. 
but I, but I, I did appreciate that you, book. You and, literally and other, read a book and stayed at a Holiday Inn Express and like tried yeah, pr- to talk pretty about much. It on the podcast. That, that's, ex- <laughs> that's exactly what, and it, it was relevant to what we were talking about, and I, I found yeah. it interesting. And uh, and I don't know if I swayed anybody, but it, it, if it piqued anyone's interest, that's that's the book to pick up to pick right. up. Right, and maybe maybe we maybe after you consume it and digest it, we could revisit that some other time, and you could take a better uh, there's, take there's, a better take another swing at it. Yeah, there's no doubt in my mind that. Uh, plenty of thoughts that she has on lots of topics I'll, I'll probably bring up through throughout our discussions in in the future on because it, it, it'll fit into a lot of things we talk about right on maybe i'll read it please please do I, i'd really like to hear your thoughts on 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 that thing okay yeah Mike, we'll, that, we'll that's the, that'll we'll, we'll put the we'll put the amazon link in the in the description Brian, what, what were you thinking about? You know, these well, from last week? I, I mean, I think it would be worth kind of like, uh, you know, my I'm easy. I I embrace the Trinity and its traditional formulation. So that's mm-hmm. that's a that that's not hard to do. I just like just kind of if you got guys could kind of briefly review what your issues are with the Trinity, if it if the if it's changed at all since in light of our conversation from last week, and kind of what you did with with the scriptures we discussed if sure i'll jump in since i was kind of the the main confused one or the the one asking all the questions um i think i came into it and i i think trinity it sounds weird to say we're going at the trinity right it's not so much the trinity it's more the holy spirit so which obviously is a third of the trinity and is an important part of it but i don't have a problem i personally am I, I I'm a high Christology, right? For those listening at home, like I'm 100% comfortable that Christ is God and God is Christ and God is also the father in heaven, right? Like those are the same. I'm all good on that part. I start getting confused when we start talking about the Holy spirit. And what I said in the last show was it's a couple of things. One, I started with just biblical basis and we kind of covered through that. Brian gave me some really good verses that I hadn't found from the way I was searching for it. Um, so that part's cool, but that actually opened up more questions than it did closing, answering the questions. So, um, what do I mean in the old Testament? There's a lot of, there's quite a few instances of reference to the angel of the Lord or the angel of God. There are also references to the word and then the word of God. And so those are both used biblically in the, throughout the old Testament, uh, New Testament, if we jump forward, right? Uh, it's made it's made very clear that Jesus is the Word made flesh, right? Like I think that exact sentence is used somewhere, if I'm not mistaken, but it's, it's used it's John used a handful one. of times that 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 uh, that Jesus is the Word, which then says, okay, so if you go back in time go through the way back machine, right back to the old Testament. Every time it said the word did this or the word did that, that was Jesus pre uh, pre-incarnate incarnate. Thank you. Uh, doing things in some kind of, you know, physical body that wasn't his actual physical body. Like, so that's, there's a little, you know, mind bendery stuff going on there and I'm okay with that, but it makes me wonder if there's not some confusion, conflation, uh, misstating about the angel of the Lord or the angel of God and the word being similar or the same or different. 
So I think that's still where I'm, I'm fairly confused. Um, and then, then I hit something just two days ago and guys, I put it in our chat guys that I'm talking to, not guys listening at home. We have a running chat where we kind of keep these conversations running. Um, and I hit something in the story of the Passover where, um, the, it basically talks about, you know, God tells, uh, Moses, Hey, I'm going to go do these things and go tell the people to, you know, sacrifice a lamb and put the blood on the doorways. And then I won't come through and kill the firstborn, but I'm going to do this. And then it says, I don't, I don't know the chapter and verse. I'd have to look it up and maybe Brian's doing it while I'm talking. Exodus 11. That it says, and I'm, I, I read the NET. I really like the new English translation. It says that <clears throat> God attacked Israelites. And then it says, but where the blood was on the doorways, he didn't let the destroyer enter, which that's, that was the first time. And I believe it's the only time that I've seen that word being used as a two powers kind of quote, like was happening with the angel of the Lord or the angel of God. And so that, so, and, and this brings a question up to me, are we being too specific with the concept of the Trinity and is God many things and is God as many forms as he wants to be. And there's no Trinity. There's a quadrinity or a quintinity or an octinity or an innumerable number of manifestations or personifications that God can take. So that's, I'm actually in a worse place <laughs> relative to the <laughs> Trinity than I was before. But again, this isn't a, you know, it's not a anti-God. It's not a, I don't believe Jesus was God. I don't believe that the Holy Spirit is God. I, I, I just don't, because the, the Trinity is such a finite thing and it's not genuinely um, biblical in the sense that because no one actually said it, nobody like diagrammed it with words. I feel like this was, you know, whatever, fourth century, third century man trying to make some kind of a law around it because we like to do those things and put neat bows on things so that we can have a theology to go follow. Now, having said all of that, I don't think it really matters because for my understanding of Christianity, understanding or believing in the Trinity are not table stakes for salvation. So some of this could be unnecessarily academic and maybe i'm just like you know burning cycles for no reason but that's that's kind of where i am so i said a whole lot of words and i'll shut up now right i think that i think that last part you said is is what resonates with me the most because i think i think a lot of my pushback and and you'll see this you know in our in our in our group text is you know when when brian says that the Trinity is Christianity. Now I don't know if that's true or not, and I and I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna argue that fact or or what is believed to be a fact. But I, I my pushback is that one I don't know that, and two it hasn't been shown to me yet. And I and I think that in the grand scheme, me believing that is not is not detrimental to my salvation personally um uh and 
because because one due to my religious background um and just kind of the the avenues that i take in my study and my reading i'm not convinced that jesus is god number one and number number two uh it's same with same with the holy spirit so to me those that if they are the same then they're the same and not distinct beings or if they're distinct beings they're distinct beings without being the same so that's that's kind of where i fall out on this and so I'm, are you saying are you saying either they're not the same so there's basically it's a polytheistic concept or there's only one you're saying you you can't you can't wrap your brain around 3 r 1 so the Maybe this will help. The, the traditional formulation of the Trinity is that God is one in being, but three in persons. Right. So are you saying that there are not three distinct persons, but the same being, which would be modalism? No, I'm not I'm not saying that. I, I think there are three distinct persons and one's God and the other ones are not. So they're okay. they're they're like a layer below. Correct. There's there's, there's Yahweh and then there's right. Jesus, the Holy Spirit. So things. essentially the Jehovah's Witness theology uh is. perhaps sure okay Stop. sorry i didn't mean to interrupt you no it's okay. that... i mean i think i think that thought was was wrapped up um well i wanted to clarify that just for i'm trying to listen to what our listeners are hearing because you made the comment of my religious background but you didn't clarify what that was so i just wanted to make sure we oh so so yes i was raised jehovah's witness right. and i'm i'm married into the lds church so those are non-trinitarian don't um, don't do drugs, kids. <laughs> <laughs> so interestingly, you're, you're they're they're non-trinitarian in the exact opposite ways. Yes, you're talking about <laughs> like, the LDS and the right. And the, the Jehovah's Jesus. Witnesses believe that God the Father alone is God, and Jesus is a created being, and the Holy Spirit is an impersonal force, whereas. And Dre, correct me if I'm wrong. Mormons believe that uh, God, God the Father, was once a man who came from another planet and became God through a became an exalted being, and that all human beings have that potential to become exalted beings. And so there's potentially multiple gods. But uh, so they, yeah. So they, they <laughs> this both... is God. There are many like it, but this one is mine. Yeah. But yeah basically I, I don't know i don't i don't think that i've wrapped my head around that portion of the of the lds question and i know that if anyone's listening that knows me there's probably some lds listening right now and uh, that can be that can be clarified and be something i can i can bring to the table next week hmm. that'd be yeah, cool. i didn't mean to i didn't mean that'd to put cool. you on the spot no, just, no it's that, okay that, I, that'd be cool there's like, just things i don't know right so right. I mean, there's a reason why i'm not a member so you know you know and and some of it is I I don't know. So if I don't know, I can't buy it, and I can't buy in fully. And that's not gotcha. to disrespect those it's, people. It's a little bit of a chicken and egg, though, right? Like you you're, you're not a member because you don't fully get it, but you don't fully get it because you haven't bought in. Um, I mean the the information's there, so maybe that's my oh, fault for not oh, seeking okay. it and and asking the right How questions. Dare and, you? You right? <laughs> and, and you know, and as they would say, pray about it, right? So right. Maybe if all so, those times those those. Uh, those uh, missionaries came over to talk to you. We didn't go play basketball or something with them instead of like, <laughs> right. I'm like, son, <laughs> I always invite them in. Yeah. 
no, yeah, long, we were a long, uh, long time ago uh, when we were all much, much younger. It was not un- more than one occasion. I'll put it that way. Dre would, had called me. I was in the barracks and he's like, hey, they're on their way over. The, the missionaries were coming over to his house. So I like shot over there and like just happened to be hanging out playing some John Madden football or something when they came over so I could talk with them also. It was good stuff. So last week, Matt, the, the two big issues were uh, the, the, we you were whether or not the Holy Spirit is God or whether and whether or not the Holy Spirit is a person. Those were mm-hmm. the two big personage. Yeah, we spent a lot of time on that. And that's so and we went through John 14 through 16 and uh, Matthew 28, uh, 18, among other verses. Um, have your has, have your views on that changed at all? I think I'm well, I'm good on, like I said, I, I think I'm probably pretty good on it being God at some level, right? Again, I don't know what that means, but it's definitely not another Elohim outside of this Godhead, right? I think I think I'm pretty solid on Godhead thing being a thing. I just don't know. Like I said, I'm actually more to the point that I don't know if there's not four or five parts to the Godhead versus three. Like I feel like that's and and that's 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 a well I'm moving the goalpost from last week right yeah for sure that's and I, that's a different uh, yeah no, I get I it. mean which which I'm happy to get into um but um but is is he a person have have we I'm not I'm not 100 percent convinced on that I'm leaning towards it is he is um but I I I still I'm still kind of struggling with that one. So when Jesus referred to the Holy Spirit as he and him and and attributed to him uh, agency activities that persons would would do, he's going to testify. You can grieve the Holy Spirit. Um, like why why doesn't that convince you? Like what do you? How do you? I I guess it, it was it was a it was kind of it was a small part of other conversations around it. And I also know that Jesus was prone to speaking in metaphor and parable and, and kind of, you know, oblique stories versus everything wasn't straightforward the way he talked and communicated. So I, it's one of those things where I feel like everybody wants this one to be literal. So they're, they're like jumping up and down that it's literal when I don't know if that's all that obvious. Well, I mean, I think it is worth noting that the disciples, when in that very discourse, they told him, well, now you're speaking plainly and not in figures of speech. Um, was that, was that in there in the follow one? Yeah, that's it, it. That's in that. I mean, that's, that's that discourse. Um, and also in Matthew uh, 28, um, baptizing them in the name of the father of the son of the Holy spirit. I mean, if the Holy spirit has the name and identity of God, then he is God and God is personal. God is a person or at least, uh, close to a person is an entity can be or a deity. Well, I mean, he's, he is, he, you know, that the, the, you've heard the phrase, you know, personal God. It doesn't mean like personal in that he's, he's mine. It means personal as in he has a, as opposed to an impersonal deity. Like some people think that God is basically just the universe and has no agency or, or, or will. 
Um, that would be an impersonal God, but so that, yeah, I don't think that's what Depeche Mode meant. <laughs> well, that's not what Depeche Mode meant. You're right. Boom, 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 but, boom, um, boom, boom. Yeah, they meant it in the sense that I'm now want to play that. Great, I'm refuting. It is catchy. It's a good song. It's a catchy it is a song. Eighty nine, right? Nineteen eighty nine. Something weird. like that. Eighth grade, ninth grade, something like that. <laughs> um, back in the yeah. late nineteen hundreds, maybe eighty eight. Could have been. It was still on the radio in nineteen ninety. I don't know. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So uh, I feel like we're getting off track. No, keep going, But um, yeah. So um, um. I mean, yeah. So what? So do you, no. What I do mean, you I, I think I think we definitely. I mean, I, well, I shouldn't say we made progress. Like that sounds like the purpose of this podcast is you know that. I think I definitely moved my, you know, my view or my my question. Like I said, I don't think the question is fully resolved or addressed, but I think I'm further down the road than I was for sure. Um, it, it certainly caused me to look into more things. Um, uh, it it gave me plenty of stuff to to ponder um and and lots of good points that Brian made th- throughout and and continues mm-hmm. to do so so yeah. like like i said there's there's some things where i just you know i get pushed back and i'm like you're a fucking idiot right <laughs> and other and other things like this i'm like hey i'm totally respectful i just don't know yet and i don't know when that light bulb will click and these mm-hmm. that those are that is a path that's that's lit for me, so I can I can walk down and we'll we'll see where that goes. Okay, and, and so, hopefully you know people listening that are in the same boat as me can can uh, can do the same, or or there's people probably out there calling calling me the idiot, and that's well, fine. So so you know talking about feedback, so we got a couple of feedback comments on our on our podcast on the Spotify page, and I put in the Q and A as like, hey, have you for the listeners, have you ever struggled with this topic or this concept, right? And one of our one of our listeners said that they had also, and they really enjoyed the conversation. And then uh, a certain individual with the screen name of uh, Draco 23, something or other said, no. All right. Thanks. <laughs> Draco 23. <laughs> uh... Sorry. We wasted no. your time. <laughs> no, it's funny because that was Jake. And so no. he, <laughs> he he kind of did that on purpose. And he, he he was laughing as he told me that that was what he said on the on the comments. So gotcha. Um, I do want to just clarify a few things. Um, while I do think that the the Trinity, the doctrine of the Trinity, is vitally important, you're not. We're not saved by doctrinal correctness per se. Like you're not. We're, I, I don't believe that on the day of judgment, we're going to get a theology quiz and our eternal destiny is going to be tied to, uh, tied to our grade. Right. Imagine um, if we did that, maybe that 144,000 number might be more accurate of all yeah. of the billions of people that have been exposed to this, that only 144,000 would get that test. We get an A on the test. Yeah. Um, I'd probably get a, I would do okay. Go ahead. Say it. Okay. Say it. You're, you're 90 plus. Come on. Well, right. I think I'd get a I get to get a B. I think I don't know, but I, I, I think I'm passing by the skin of my teeth. I mean, to, that might be the test I'm the most nervous to take in my but, entire existence. But, <laughs> but I don't I don't want to downplay the importance of it, though. 
Um, we, we, I, you know, there people, Christians have these discussions about, well, what is the, what's the minimum you have to believe in order to be saved? And Mm -hmm. they talk about being saved in terms of what you believe. That's not what faith is. Faith is a, is a matter of in whom you believe. Um, when it's, when it reads that Abraham believed God and it was reckoned to him as righteousness, it wasn't, he didn't. God didn't give him a doctrine that he accepted. He he made him a promise, and Abraham trusted the promise. And it's it's whether or not you trust God that determines your salvation. Now, I do think that does have relevance to, um, you know, if if we are persuaded that the Bible is the word of God, then of course we should trust it. And yes, I'm confident that with with sufficient study, um, and I don't I I don't even think it it takes that much study. But yeah, I think it does teach the Trinity. And I think that if there's not, uh, I, I don't want to trivialize dissent on the, on the Trinity, but I also think it's not, uh, it's not a test of salvation or faith. Um, I, I think I agree with you completely. I mean, I, 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 and look, I mean, for anybody listening, you know, the name of our show, I think kind of gives credence to the fact that we think this stuff's important. Right. Like we would, that's literally what we're doing here is trying to understand these nuances. So, you know, it's, I don't think anybody's minimizing that, but yeah, at the same time, I think I agree with you that it's not a, you know, we're not all sitting here going, Hey, we've got however many years we have to live to figure this thing out. Otherwise we're all screwed kind of thing either. Right. It's more about, um, things that we find interesting or worthwhile to talk about that we think we could do in a way that might be interesting to others. So we're going to talk about it. So with with that disclaimer said, um, Drake, and I ask you? You mentioned you talked about how you're not convinced that Jesus is God. Mm-hmm. Um, can I ask what your what your issues are with that? What are your is it? Well, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I'll I'll let you elaborate on that if you're if if you don't mind. So over the last um, I don't know thirty years. As I'm as I'm looking through, and then more specifically, last probably three weeks, as we're getting into um, uh, kind of Christology, and then and then every you know it's it's well documented my angst with uh, the great apostle Paul. Um, the more I look into him and try to understand, the more um, one I find myself agreeing with him a lot more than I don't, and. Um, and what I said last week, how even the Gospels are are whispers—not even whispers. I think they are Paul. I think it's more whispers. I think it's I think it's more Paul's theology that is kind of hanging uh, in the background with contemporary people post Paul. I I think putting some words in his mouth, and I say all of that. Because I I'm not sure that Paul believed that that uh, Christ was a pre-existent being. Um, well, that's a lot to unpack. Uh, yeah, um, it is. So, um, not, not, you I'm asked. To, yes, <laughs> I did ask, yes. And I'm and I'm and I'm trying to to think of of specifically what I what I mean by that, but some things kind of poked out at me uh as I was reading uh first Corinthians and then the first few chapters of Romans where 
because because Romans is that is that book right word or that letter to to people that that didn't already belong to him or that he hasn't taught. So he was just telling you know the 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 Jesus believers in Rome, hey, I'm Paul, and this is this is this is my gospel. So it's a different it's a different tone, and then and because of because of Romans, he he kind of lays out what what all of that means, which which when he's writing to the Corinthians or the Galatians, he assumes they already know because they're they're his dudes. So um, uh, where was I going with that? Um, I I've learned to read. Because I believe that the Gospels are written later than Paul's seven letters. So as I, it's kind of like I read them, I read it backwards now, where I read Paul's letters first, and then whenever there's there's something a little odd, then I, you know, I can go to the Gospels. But I, I think that, um, and I, I think for the first account of Jesus resurrection in the first person is given to us by Paul. Um, Are you talking about first Corinthians 15? Yes. So, okay. so he, he's the, he's the first, no, is it 15 where he says, Hey, first, first, uh, I want to remind you, know, you Christ, the gospel I preached to you, which you received on which you've taken your stand well, that part. Well, no, where, where Christ reveals himself to, Peter, then James, right. and then yeah, the that's, twelve, that's and then the five hundred, and then and then he he re <clears throat> he revealed himself to me, and um, which means that he saw him the exact same way, or in the same manner that all those other people saw him, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, and then and then it goes on <clears throat> where he couldn't he couldn't explain it right so the the body of christ was a glorified body in fact it was so glorified that he couldn't even this is a dude that explains away every single thing that he ever talks about but he couldn't even describe this because it was so out there right it was I'm not so sure it was I follow so big. how i'm sorry go ahead um what's the question on that well i mean i'm i'm not that that's not my recollection of first corinthians 15 like he's he he's he is explaining pretty elaborately what he he doesn't give details on what the resurrection body will be like but he uses the analogy of it's 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 this the body is just the, the seed the of what will be um that the you know a star has one kind of flesh and right. animals have another kind of flesh and the the flesh of the resurrect the, the the resurrection body will be different than the physical body um, so my, so what i so what i take away from that is that it wasn't a corpse it was a it was a transformation. It was a, it was an ascension. It wasn't, it wasn't a zombie apocalypse of, of Jesus waking up from the dead and, and, and being a zombie, right? It was, he got a new body, a spiritual body. And I think, I think somewhere in the Greek translation, he uses the word transformed. Am I, am I wrong on that? Yeah, he does say transformed, but. Right. Um... So, so I think it's more of like, if I could use an analogy of say, like a uh, like a like a caterpillar becoming a butterfly, like you don't. You, you I think can't... that's a I think that's a good analogy. Of, um, yeah. But of course, you know, I'm 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 gonna I'm about to push back on what you're saying, but I don't. And, and it's okay. And I, and I I I expect you to. But 
I think, and this this is kind of goes back to where um, gospels and the differences between uh, Matthew and Luke, and then you take the uh, the Q source stuff, which is Jesus' teachings. Um, trying to remember where I'm going, so so I'm really not I'm not really prepared to to give this yeah, that's fine this um, this rebuttal, but but what I'm what I'm saying is I I don't think. And I, I think there's some some things that he says in there uh, that Paul didn't see the same way that they're presented in the gospel. So in Luke, right, they even in John, they like eat fish with them. They walk around, they talk to him. You got the account of Thomas grabbing his. I don't I don't think they did, because in, in Matthew, it's more of like a, a misty mountain type experience, right? Like it's it's more of. It's more of that glorified thing. Mm. So, and this relates to Paul not believing that Jesus is God incarnate. Uh, no, I, I believe that he wasn't. Uh, uh, like you he were. Think he, he wasn't a pre-existent being that he, that maybe Jesus was filled with, I don't know, the <laughs> Holy Spirit or, or it became God-ish, God-like. But, but he also uses the term the second Adam. So, so the first Adam returned to dust, right? From, from dust. And then he, he became dust again. He was made from dust and he's made in the flesh. But when Paul describes Jesus, he describes him the same way. He is in the flesh and he, but he, but he doesn't return. But he, but he, but the, the, the Jesus returns to dust, but the Christ is transformed. And that's because he's the, he's the second Adam. That's what we were supposed to have. And the difference is, is that the the fruit Adam was trying to take, right? Where he was, he was taking, he was, he was, he was grabbing and trying to become like God. That was the promise. You can be like God. You know the difference between good and bad or right and wrong. Where Jesus gave himself, where he he gave, and by giving that's that's how you become godlike by by giving and jesus was the first one to do that and we became in his family we become part of we become brothers and sisters with 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 jesus with the christ um okay i mean so i can I can try to come back and, and give you all yeah. the things and, and try to I, we, reference them crossing back and forth and what yeah, and we, why I'm saying what I'm saying, but <clears throat> it it just it just kind of as I read it, that's those are the things that keep entering. Yeah, and I I you know we didn't I, you know I didn't tell you I was going to ask you that, and um, we just we kind of had a vague sort of tentative plan to maybe finish talking about the Trinity or continue talking about the Trinity. So yeah, that's, you weren't, you weren't prepared for that. I that wasn't, but, but, uh, but, I'll, but I'll tell you, you can't, I'm in, and, and, and to be fair to this conversation in you, um, all, all your things about the Trinity and why it's a thing makes sense to me. Yeah. But if I don't believe that Jesus is God, then the Trinity automatically doesn't work for me. Yeah. Right? That's, and that's, and that's so, why yeah. that's, that's something I wanted to, to, to talk about. I'm a um, low Christology, Matt. Right. Um, this probably, you know, this probably isn't the time because I, 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 I want you to have time to prepare as much as you need to, but we, we really do need to tackle this Paul stuff pretty soon. Um, 
because I feel like that's a big, I mean, that's a, that's a major issue that, uh, that keeps coming up. I, I don't so, think it's as big an issue for this topic. Um, unless there's like just a whole bunch of stuff sitting in well, one of the Galatian Corinthian letters that you want to unload. I, I, well, I, Cause I, I mean, I I'll listen to any of it. I just, and, and it's, I, I it's not I, like anything in that part of the Bible I, I discredit. Um, I just, and I was actually talking to Dre about this. Uh, we were chatting. I don't know when it was. I think it was after last week and the comments that he had made about uh, the whispers of Paul and the other books and whatnot. And I, for everybody at home, I've, I've, I came across this idea, this feeling, this, presupposition, I don't know what it's, I don't know what you want to call it, spidey sense. Um, something about the tone in Paul's writing feels markedly different to me than in the other books, specifically the other gospels, the other apostles. Um, and at first I didn't really know what it was. And I started kind of reading deeper and I was like, wait a minute. And then I started reading about Paul and I was like, okay. And then I made a joke one day. I think I was talking to Dre when I said this. I was like, okay, so so Paul was never actually with Jesus. He was off in a different part of the the world at the time. And uh and then he has an a Jesus appears to him you know, in a in a vision type situation. And that's his that's Paul's right to being an apostle, is that he saw Jesus in some kind of supernatural vision or a manifestation or whatever it was. Um, and I made the joke, what the hell is the difference between Paul and Joseph Smith? Because Joseph Smith had angels appear to him and give him tablets and give him teachings and give him knowledge and all these kinds of things. And so I was like kind of half joking, half serious. I'm like, so most mainline Christians hundred percent believe in Paul so much so that he's is authored somewhere in between a third and two thirds of the new Testament but mainline Christians, not LDS Christians, um, somewhat poke fun at the concept of Joseph Smith being a prophet and having had these revelations from God. And I find that to be interesting to start with. And then that kind of caused me to start taking a deeper look at Paul and his writings. And, and I couldn't figure out what it was that I didn't, that wasn't sitting well with me. And then I kind of realized one thing, it was Paul talks about himself an awful lot, whereas Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, we know very little about them as individuals, especially from a personality point of view, because they don't talk about themselves. James doesn't talk about himself. Um, Peter doesn't, but Paul certainly does. We know a whole bunch about Paul, like, you know, Paul, you know, the only thing Paul, you know, we know that he liked himself as much, you know, like, like joking, like from the sports things, like, you know, T.O. loves him some T.O. Paul loves him some Paul. Mm. Um, so that's always been something that struck me as odd because he's so first person with everything he does now granted many of his books are letters so i get that when you're writing a letter there's going to be some first person stuff going on right but the i guess the question then that comes up and this is going back to a conversation that we all had a few episodes back whether or not paul was inspired we can put a pin in and whether or not he actually had this revelation from god from jesus I hope is true. Otherwise we have other issues, but why does that make these 
letters to these other churches, all quote unquote inspired writings that are worthy of being in the Bible. Now, I think I know the answer is, well, because he was instructing small churches that were struggling with how to properly worship God. And so this can be instructional down the line kind of thing. Right. So I get, I kind of get the, the answers around the edges of why it all makes sense. It just doesn't strike me as being um, in the same voice, which makes it feel different, which is kind of like the circular reading logic that I kind of the errors that keep firing off in my head when I'm reading it and coming across it. So Brian, I know you have a lot to say about that and respond. So I'll, well, I'll stop and let you get into it. I, I have two points I want to say in response to this. Cause, and uh, cause I, I would like to get back to your, your, some of the stuff you said about the Trinity. Um, but uh, yeah, that, I, that uh, the stuff that we've just said about Paul, that has to be answered. And maybe, maybe it'll kind of give you guys a uh, kind of a springboard for, to, to prepare for when we, we do a full podcast on this, but uh, two points. One is one is shorter than the other one. Um, if Paul was embraced and accepted by the other disciples of Jesus, well, by according to the early church, according to Um, Paul. Okay. Well, I'm going to get into that in a second. Okay. Okay. Um, the fact that we have his letters means that all of those communities who also knew Peter, the Lord's brothers, other apostles, they regarded Paul as legitimate. So I if, agree with if, that. If Paul is not legitimate, none of it is. Because oh. if if the if the disciples of Jesus could not tell a fraud, could not could not tell that Paul was a fraud, then I don't I don't know why you would trust them on anything. Um, so there's that. But the to to the point that you just raised, it kind of dovetails pretty well into the 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 longer point I was going to make. Since Dre brought up 1 Corinthians 15, um, now when I when I when I present this material in the context of an apologetics argument, um, I usually preface it with we could we could start out already having decided that Paul was a complete fraud, never met Jesus, he was just a just a con man who wormed his way into the church. We could we could assume that from the outset. Um, his his letters, particularly First Corinthians, still give us a wealth of data about the early church that is sufficient to prove the truth of Christianity. Uh, first of all, I, I, that, I'm I'm cool. With I, that. that's, that's I cool, agree, one hundred percent. By the way, that's, that's a cool. By the way, First um, Corinthians fifteen, he said he says. Uh, now, brothers, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel, you are saved if you hold firmly to the word I preached to you. Otherwise, you have believed in vain. For what I received, I passed on to you as a first importance. So what he's about to say, that's this isn't from him. This was some, this was a tradition he received. That's the that's the language of formal rabbinical tradition. The the rabbi would teach would teach their disciples orally. Their the the disciples' job was to memorize it and then pass it on in the same fashion to their. Okay, disciples. real 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 quick point though that that doesn't mean that he received it from the other apostles, right? He's he's saying that he got it from Jesus himself. No, what, that's not what he's saying here. That he, it's not. 
Well, um, doesn't he? Doesn't he actually I mean, clarify I mean, that later? No, go ahead. The, the reason why I brought that up is because because I'm I'm curious to hear what your thought is on that. Just by you saying no is exactly where I wanted to go. So okay, thank you. I'm go gonna ahead. I'm gonna I'm gonna get to. That. I mean, that's actually gonna. I'm gonna I'm gonna catch that along the way. Um, okay. So Paul doesn't tell us where he received it. Um, a, 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 it's reasonable to infer from his letter to the Galatians that he, where, and that is where he says, I didn't receive my gospel from any man, but from Christ himself, who sent me to, who sent me to preach. But then he tells a story of after he became a Christian, after he, he encountered Jesus, he, about uh, two or three years afterwards, he went to Jerusalem where he, he met with, with Peter and James, the Lord's brother. And the word, and the word used for visit, for, visited with peter is historia which is the 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 etymological root for our word history and the the technical word it it would be more accurate to say that he interviewed him he 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 uh he um so at the at the very latest he would have gotten this material from peter in this time at least i mean we can i prove that to somebody who is hostile to the idea no but if we're if we're making inferences to the best explanation, this is where he would have gotten that. So what I received, I passed on to you as a first importance. And then what he says, what follows, most scholars, I most, um, I, I would, I think we'd be hard pressed to find a scholar who doesn't agree with this. But because it's arranged in this in this sort of uh, this mnemonic formula, it's it's kind of arranged like uh, in a chiastic formula. In a what? Like a chiastic formula, like it's 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 like a it's it's like a rhyming formula. It's not it's not exactly a, key, a chiasm. You find that in in the Gospels. It's like point A, B, C, B, A. It's kind of a like a oh like a like a poem like like not a it's it's like a I'm poem, but like, it's not exactly that. Okay. Yeah, okay. like a, like it's, a rhyme scheme. But okay, yeah, but it's it's arranged in these lines that may, that scholars think this was an early creed, a very very early creed, and they made it rhyme so it's easier to remember and kind well, of yeah, it kind of flowed nicely, kind of like a. But a to be theme. clear, I'm not saying it rhymed, but it's well, you'll you'll get the sense of it as I go through it. For what I received, I pass on to you as a first importance that the Messiah died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried that he was raised again on the third day, according to the scriptures, that he appeared to Cephas, Peter, then to the 12. Then he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers at the same time. And then Paul interpolates, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. And then Paul adds in his own commentary on it. Last of all, he appeared to me also as to one abnormally born, for I am the least of the apostles and do not even deserve to be called an apostle because I persecuted because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace in me was not without effect. No, I worked harder than all of them, yet not I, but the grace of God that was with me. Whether then it was I or they, this is what we preached, and this is what you believed. So who is the the we and the they that he's referring to? Well, it's Clearly, it's Cephas, the 12, the 500, James, all the apostles. And Dre's got, for the kids at home, Dre has a look, a skeptical look on his face. But we can establish that the Corinthians knew at least some of these people because he he, he opens his letter by rebuking them yeah, he's, for forming he's, cliques. Yeah, and he's kind of name dropping and all that kind of stuff. Right. So he wouldn't be doing that if they weren't familiar names. I, right. can, I can get with that. 
So they had heard this this material that he just that he just gave them from at least some of those other people. He meant he uh, he rebukes them for forming cliques around which uh, apostle or teacher had initiated them, and he makes an off the cuff remark in chapter nine. Um, am I not free? Am I not an apostle? Have I not seen Jesus our Lord? And then he he points out how they're they're basically treating him like a chump, like he's a lesser apostle because he's not asserting his rights with them. Um, but he has the right to 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 bring along a family, as do Peter, Cephas, and the Lord's brothers. Um, but he doesn't he doesn't assert this right because um, he doesn't he wants to do it at his own expense because that's he 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 would rather die than lose the right to boast of that. But I mean, remarks like that tell that. It, and again, this doesn't presuppose, you don't have to come at this presupposing Paul is legitimate. You, you don't have to come at it even presupposing divine inspiration. Um, this is just a, a letter Paul wrote to the community of Christians in Corinth that they kept um, and made copies and distributed to the churches. And it gives us a wealth of data, um, including that the, the, the people in Corinth knew these people. They were itinerant preachers who were like Paul traveling around the, the Roman empire. They didn't write as prolifically as Paul because they weren't as well, they weren't as, as well educated as Paul. They didn't have, they weren't as uh, articulate and they didn't have the same theological mind that he had, but the, the model of which his letters are, are just supplemental was for them to travel around in person, giving their testimonies of Jesus and initiating people into the faith with that creed about, uh, about Jesus dying and rising again. And so like, if we, if we just sit and unpackage that for a while, we, we can, learn a ton about the early Christian community, but specifically about the resurrection. Um, the body that was buried is the one that was raised. It was, he didn't just abandon the body because he didn't need it anymore. Cause now he was an incorporeal spirit. The body, as Paul explained, was the seed. The body that was buried was the seed of what was raised. It was at least as physical as what was buried. It wasn't less than physical. Um, Oh, I, I didn't say it was less than physical. I said it was a it was a glorified body. Okay. So so yes, it is a body, <clears throat> and yes, it's Christ's body. But I, I don't, he, I don't think he's saying that it was that body that went returned to dust. But um, it was a better body. But I, I guess my question is, what is that had to do with the price of tea in Jerusalem? Like, I don't understand the linkage between those. So it, to back up. When Brian asked Dre, and I'm pointing because that's where you guys are on my screen. <clears throat> when Brian asked Dre, do you believe that Jesus is, you know, part of the Trinity, God, God, God pre-existing all of that, right? And then Dre said, no, and I don't think Peter did either. And then Paul, he goes, Paul. what do you mean? Paul, I'm sorry, not Peter. Yeah, you said, and Paul didn't either. And Brian's like, well, that's a lot to unpack, but where does that come from? And then we got into this conversation about a, a glorified body. The hell does that have to do with whether or not he was pre-existing or not? I lost the ball there. I'm going to, I'm going to, to be honest, I kind of was missing that too, Dre. But uh, I did put you on the spot. So um, I'm missing something. Okay. I, asked, I don't remember we, what we it is. Go back to it. I'm sure yeah, you were I, thinking of something. You started telling a yeah, story, yeah. and then we ended up there. And then Brian dug in on that, and I'm sitting here watching <clears> the ball go back and forth, and I'm like, "But what does that have to do with anything? Whether the ball? I mean, I think there's a question about, you know, was he truly resurrected or not? I think that's an important 
separate issue, right? And I don't know that any of us don't think that happened. But then as he portaled around, and I'm using portal flippantly, right? Because he was... Because you don't, which because you don't want me to argue with you about holographic projection. I think he freaking teleported. He was just like, I, poof, poof, I don't, I don't poof. think he did. I think he did. I, I, don't I think, think those were, I think those were, those were extra stories that were just added. I don't on think to, he just walked up on like, people. I don't, I don't think he did either. I think that he was, he was seen just like Paul saw him, and not, not like okay, me tapping you on the shoulder okay. and say, "Yo, I just, ran, I just woke up." I got, yeah. I got to add <laughs> the point that I just made here. Go ahead. Am I am I on? Sorry, you're yeah, on. You can hear. You're, okay. We can hear you're you. On. We're just we were just talking over you. Go ahead. Sorry, I had that throat thing, and I'm turning oh, my microphone off. Enter, to... enter out of the yeah. mood. Yeah. Right. So, um, yeah. So we can establish from that, and I mean that's just a sample, but we get that from all of Paul's letters, where he 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 always has this long list of people he greets, and so you get this picture of the early Christian community as this network of 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 house churches scattered throughout the Mediterranean and of the original disciples of Jesus, along with members of Jesus' immediate family, Jesus' brothers were, were, were part of this scene traveling around. So you have all these Christians traveling around telling their stories about, about Jesus and teaching about him and passing on Jesus' teachings. Um, so when the gospels were written like these, there's all there's often a lot of focus on when the gospels were written and whether you think they're i mean and we've already had a discuss i've already made the case for why why i think all of the evidence points to them being written far earlier than than what dre thinks um the year 70 ad is is pivotal but um but even if they were written late that when they were written is less important than when the material originated and the material I originated, I mean, whether it's who wrote it down is less important than who is the source who spoke it. And so. Yeah, because it was a different time back then. Things weren't right. written down and they didn't, they weren't walking around with tape recorders and they, they were, weren't, in, they weren't live streaming their Insta, you know, they so, were right. TikTok. Okay. They were in oral dominant no, that, culture. No, that's, that's cool. And I, I also agree with that, but um, so who's the first church father to, to confirm that? Confirm Who's the that. first church father to confirm what exactly? To confirm that where these came from, and for example, you know Peter, and uh, I think Mark is the is the one in contention. Who was Mark, and and did he write it? And who's who's the first church father to say that that happened? Um. Well, that's it's, a tricky it, question. It's I mean, Papias, it, right? It's Papias, but it's Papias. And then who? And so then, where do we see? How do we know that Papias was the first one to say that? Well, it came from Eusebius. We don't know he what? was the first person to say that. He's the only. We, we person. don't know. But it's the first one that that Got we recorded as have being, a have, a, have record. a record of him saying that. Right, and then, right. what does Eusebius actually say about Papias saying that? Uh well, he quotes him directly. He quotes him directly in some of those quotes, which I don't have in front of me because I wasn't prepared for this. But he he has some things that make me skeptical on when mark was written he so that's some, that's he says some filth, so slander and filth. so that's so that's also well but part of my yeah. well, part on, of my boys, boys slow you, down, you gotta slow down. slow down 
You guys are in space that I'm unfamiliar with. I've never heard either of these names before. Pape, okay. Do you want me to explain it to him? I mean, Dre? You, you guys are talking agree? and I'll Google yeah, go while you guys are talking or you can back up because I've well, this is all the, if, if, if it's not familiar to you, it's probably not familiar to the, the kids at home. But okay, Papius of Herapolis was a was a bishop in the early second century. Um we don't we uh, we don't have any of his just to writings. be clear for anybody who's listening we've we said this a couple of times and i think it's important it might this might be talking down to some people but when we say second century you're talking about the 100s ad just to yes. be clear just i just want to make sure everybody's on the same page to Wh which is the sure same century that jesus lived and died no it's no it's one century what? after it's jesus the, it's was in was in the first century, which is the zebras. As you were, I stand corrected. Yeah, second century would be the 100s. Right. right. Yeah. So right, first yeah, yeah. century would be the zeros. And then, and it makes sense when you think about it, but I think a lot of people don't really put two in that. Like, and, and I was just thinking, it's 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 very soon post-70 AD. It's relatively because real it's, time as because writing it's goes from back yeah, then. Yeah, so, so Papus was early second century, correct? Right. Ryan? Yeah. Right. So yeah. He, he, he would have even been around during the 70s. Yeah, for sure. No, I, I don't. Could have been. He he wouldn't have been around. He died in like the one sixties. All right, so so a generation or two. But yeah. he was really but close enough. He was really old, so he I don't. He probably didn't. He knew guys that knew guys. Kind well, of thing. he 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 writes that um, he had met John the Elder, mm -hmm. who he said was an apostle, and whether that was which which John that was historian historians debate and uh, uh, a guy named Arist Ariston who was like a disciple of that John but Papius Papius he, was the patron saint of paper is he's like that old um he was that old but but scholars question whether Papius could have like could have done that Okay, so I just did a quick Google. Papius of Hierapolis. Hier right. Hierapolis. So he lived from 60 to 130, which means he definitely knew people that so were he, there. So he was. So he was he was actually alive during the, the temple storming, right? Yeah. Well, he was a, he he was was a young like buck. 10 years old. But, right, well, but um, I mean. But it, it, it definitely would have affected him and his family, right? Uh, I don't know. These, probably, I mean, he lived in Turkey. I mean, he would have heard about it. It would have been big right. news, but it wouldn't have been something personal unless and or until he was a Christian. I don't I don't think he was Jewish, but historians have he, Papius is somewhat controversial among historians because they say that he he wouldn't have been he lived too late to have met the apostles. Well, this says would, this actually says he is a hearer well, of John. Well, uh, hold, hold is that on. where you were going? Sorry. That's what I'm saying. Um, who? Because because he was a he was a companion of Polycarp. I think he met Polycarp. Right. Um, <laughs> Sorry, we're we're all getting excited. This is like new stuff. So like, tell 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 the history lesson. Sorry, Brian. But my but but my point my point of all this and and then Brian, I'll let you get to that. Is that Eusebius when talking about Papius actually wasn't very kind about it. In fact, I think he called him an idiot. He did, yeah, he did. He yeah, said he okay. was a person of low intelligence. Um, yep. But nice. but why he said that <laughs> is important. Okay. Um, he he said he was an idiot because he is a he was a Achilleast. A what? Achilleast. 
<laughs> I don't know what that is, but yeah, most people don't. Um, that was their that was their term for people who believed in a in a literal earthly kingdom. Oh, okay. Like the idea that Jesus is going to come and reign on earth for a thousand years. That that's that's called Kiliism. And by the time by the fourth century, when Eusebius wrote, and by the way, just for the kids at home, Eusebius of Caesarea, he wrote the first ecclesiastical history, kind of a big deal. He was Constantine's biography biographer. He's our chief source for the uh, the Council of Nicaea, and uh, um, he's a big deal. That's why I brought him he, up. He's so a big he, deal. He knew Santa Claus. <laughs> he did. He did. He he did know Santa Claus. Um, not to be confused with Eusebius of Nicomedia, who was an Arian, but but Eusebius had act. There was a library at Brian, the time. Now Brian's just showing off. Keep going. <laughs> okay. Um, so there was a library at the time that was later destroyed that Eusebius had access to, that had all kinds of writings that are no longer extant and are preserved only in Eusebius, including um, Papias of Herapolis. Um, so in case, uh, in case there's concern that because he wrote in the fourth century, he's so far removed that he can't, he's not trustworthy. He is because he had access to all that information, but the, and this is going to, well, know, I brought you Sabius up because you talked about just because something's written late doesn't mean that it didn't have the right material. And that's why I thought it was safe to bring up a church father as late as the, the third yeah. or fourth century. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, I, I'm a Eusebius fan, but um, one of my this is one of the things that puts me on the fringe of mainstream Christianity. Um, the the idea that uh, that it's about dying and going to heaven as a disembodied spirit. Um, my um, my argument is that is not biblical. That's not taught anywhere in the Bible. Super easy to prove me wrong by just finding that in the Bible. Um, can't be found though, but that idea crept in. You sound like you sound like Doctor Heiser there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, that idea crept in from Gnosticism and from Greco-Roman mythology, and it and it happened over the course of centuries. So by the time of Eusebius's writing, that was the standard belief. They had adopted a lot of those Gnostic dualist ideas that sees that sees this strict duality between spirit and and flesh and so the idea of a millennial kingdom of jesus reigning on earth which i think is simply taught in a straightforward way in the bible and you can't really get away from that without denying the bible um they they had abandoned that in favor of this going to heaven as disembodied spirits idea and that's why he thought papias of herapolis was a person of low intelligence because he was a Achilleist. Now, according to what he quotes of Papias, he, he he had a lot of stuff in there that was pretty wacky um, that Papias wrote about. Uh, we don't know where Papias was getting it or if he himself believed it, but he said that uh, when when uh, when Jesus returns, the people will grow. Uh, well, the People will go grow grapevines and and produce enough wine to, and he he had some astronomical number that is beyond like what a thousand Pacific Oceans would add up to, and so uh, that's stuff like that is usually a a, a a criticism of Papias. But again, we don't know where he got that. Or I mean, maybe he, he was a prophet and that he knew how long it was going to be until Christ returned, and just on sheer numbers, right? Like, 
And then, well, and then we burn some books, and Eusebius thought he was an idiot, so he's like, well, just right. I mean, you think it. about it. I'm just if I just if I just take that and run with it for a second, if you think about people in you know the ancient you know Middle East, they couldn't comprehend populations of cities in the millions, right? And so now, when we're in the billions of humans on Earth, and if generations have existed, you're talking about you know tens of billions, <clears throat> trillions of human beings. Oh, right. Like, I appreciate your effort to rehabilitate Papius. I, I like. I, I just, like. I just heard about the guy, but I mean, I don't have. I like Papius. Yeah, I'm down with Papius. I like Papius. Yeah. So, um, I kind of lost my train of thought here. Uh, oh, the Gospels. Um, so, yeah, Papius was the one who attributed, uh, who who basically explained who who wrote what. Uh, Mark wrote Peter's. He wrote the. Mark's gospel, Mark was Peter's disciple and secretary. And so he wrote basically his memoirs. Um, he wrote that uh, Matthew wrote a gospel in the language of the Hebrews. Um, and it's debated what that means. And, uh, and Papias mentions having known, uh, having met John once. But I think and it's where I don't have it in front of me, like I said, but it's, it's the way he described Mark recording it. That got me a little thinking. Um, is it this quote here, Dre? That he said that Mark, in his capacity as Peter's interpreter, wrote down accurately as many things as he recalled of the things mm-hmm. said or done by the Lord, for he neither heard the Lord nor accompanied him. But later, as I said, Peter, who used to give his teachings in the form of Chirea, Korea, but had no intention of providing an ordered arrangement of the logia of the Lord. Consequently, Mark did nothing wrong when he wrote down some individual items. So, so it's kind of defensive there. And then also he, I, he says something to the effect of uh, wrote it down the best he could, the best he, the best he recalled. So it doesn't sound very inspired to me. That's, okay. that's what he said f- about Matthew. He said, but let me Matthew frame this the logia in an ordered arrangement in Hebrew, but each person interpreted them as best he could. Let me frame this though. Papias, when Papius was writing, he was explaining his own methodology, like what, like where he was getting his information. And he he stated how he doesn't, he has less interest in written accounts than with the with than with the living word. That being like living eyewitnesses, like he'd rather go and talk to somebody who was there and saw it than read a book that somebody wrote and base his information on that. And so he's setting that as the standard eyewitnesses to history as that's 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 what you got to do to do good history. And so when he's noting how Mark wasn't there, but wrote down what Peter said, he did not he wasn't doing anything wrong. That's that's the context. He's kind of like excusing like, well, this is why that's OK, that he that Mark wasn't an eyewitness because he had I Peter. Think, I don't think you need to frame that. I think I, I, I got that. <clears throat> well, I mean, I think it's it actually supports the historicity of of Mark's gospel because he's when he's when he says he was Peter's secretary and, and interpreter. What that means is like Peter was a native Aramaic speaker. He wasn't a native Greek speaker. So as he's going around the Mediterranean world, giving his stories of Jesus, um, Mark was translating for him. And so basically Mark is just, it's passing along through Mark doing this over the, over the course of years. And Mark was Peter's disciple anyway. So it was already his job to, to memorize his teachings, 
but but being his interpreter, being the person who recited it for people, he was in a he was in a he was specially positioned to do that. So when he wrote his gospel, um, that's essentially Peter's gospel, which which is why a lot of people <clears throat> believe, a lot of scholars believe that Mark is the source for the other synoptic gospels, like the main source. Like if um, I well, think Mark and Q, Mark and Q, yeah, right. So yeah, so Mark is like the narrative of of those synoptic gospels, where Q is the actual teaching itself. The shit well, that Jesus said. Matthew and <laughs> Alex, Luke. I'll take shit that Jesus said for you, please. <laughs> yes. Well, Matthew and Luke have material in common that's not found in Mark. Um, it's not all. I I I, I agree. That's so, why they got the idea for Q. But it's not all. Like just Jesus is saying, some of it's narrative too. Um, oh, okay. But I mean, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> arguing mean, with you. I'm just adding right. to it. But, uh, but there's also material that Mark has unique to him, and Luke has unique to him. So that's that's four independent sources right there for for the life of Jesus, and we have reason to be, believe they're very early. But um, so. We have good reason to think that uh, the Gospels are historically reliable written and written early by eyewitnesses is, is the bottom line that I'm I'm getting at. Um, but I I did want to ask Matt some questions about the Trinity if you and unless you guys sure. have more to I mean no, this, is, to this is I mean kind of jumped we jumped a a track but what's what's up? Um, well, you you mentioned the angel of the Lord and the word of the Lord being distinct figures. Mm -hmm. Why do you like? And of course, you're aware that mo that that theologians typically see them as the same mm -hmm. the same figure, and that's mm -hmm. where you get the the two powers in heaven concept. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, there's, I, there's I was specifically reading the two powers stuff. <clears throat> so let's back up real quick and let's restate what two powers means because I don't want to use terminology for anybody that's just listening to us and doesn't know what we're talking about, but, and I'm, I'll do a real su a simple version of it. And then Brian can, can expand if necessary in early old Testament, uh, specifically the burning bush. I use that one as the easiest example. Cause it's the one that's most common, most well-known by people. Right. So if you read the actual entry of the burning bush story in the Bible, it, it, it the language used is very specific and it, and it interleaves God saying, I am God. And then there being an angel there also speaking. Right. And the angel uses first person and third person. Essentially. I'm just, I'm super simplifying this. Right. But what you're left with is the idea that God was there talking, but God is also in heaven at the same time, unless you believe that God wasn't in heaven at the time that he was doing this. And he had, he like basically left his post came down to be through, talked to through a burning bush and then went back to heaven again. Um, so the, the reason for the concept is basically that even very early Hebrew, the early Jews had an idea that God had this ability to be in multiple places at once, essentially be a split being, um, hence the concept of two powers. Like that's, that's the super, super simple version, Brian, if you want to, you want to expand on that for our conversations purpose, or is that close enough? Uh, there's, I have some quibbles, but they're just quibbles, but, yeah. uh, but yeah, that basically that God is when God manifested in 
to people on earth. He didn't leave heaven. He was, he was, uh, but um, he was in two places at once. He was, he was here and there. Cause he's, you know, all capable, all being that kind of thing. Um, sure. Um, but the, the concept specifically, uh, there was a there was a Jewish scholar named Alan Siegel, I think, in the seventies, who wrote a, 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 a scholarly work called "The Two Powers in Heaven," where he talks about how there was this this uh, this concept in Second Temple Judaism of two powers in heaven, of there being two Yahwehs, based on mm-hmm. the fact that um, <clears throat> there is there was Yahweh who is eternal, incorporeal invisible created the universe beyond our comprehension but then there's the angel of yahweh who appears to to humans and he refers to to god in the third person is worshiped as god um and daniel 7 is a major is a major passage for that which which is which is daniel's vision of uh he has a vision of the divine council he sees that, that there are thousands of thousands of thrones and uh, the courts were seated and books were opened and there were there were thrones surrounding the throne of the ancient of days. And then, then he says in my vision at night, I looked and there before me was one like a son of man coming on the clouds of heaven, which uh, which is divinity language. Um, he w- he approached the ancient of days and, and was led into his presence. He was given authority, glory, and sovereign power. All peoples, nations, and men of every language worshipped him. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and his dominion is one that will never pass away. And so, this, among other passages, kind of established that there is there's God, the ancient of days, but also this this other divine figure who here is is described as one like a son of man. But uh, so, yeah, that's the that's the well, there's there's more to it than that, but for for right. our purposes, but I think do. so. What's important for the two powers is, and the way I understand it is, it's 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 very it's ancient Hebrew, it's ancient Judaism, but it's it's brought up a lot in in Christian circles because the you know the Jewish believers are ones that you know reject the concept of Trinity most heavily, and they they refer they refu- view it as being somewhat heretical and monotheist or you know it's, a it's, denial, it's, it's, it's of denial of monotheism right and then so the counter argument is yeah but you guys believed in two powers back then and you stopped believing in two powers when you decided to reject the concept of christ being the messiah that, that that's i think i'm hyper simplifying but that's kind of the arguments being where the two powers discussion comes into play so right yeah so i didn't that's, i didn't want to uh yeah i just wanted to just set, well, the, set the stage so that part's relevant so to your point i i, I see distinct differences in the angel of the Lord or the angel of God and the word being so, and I'll, 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 you ask, so I'll explain. Um, first of all, just nomenclature. Um, I'm not even going to get into who did what or could do what or whatever, right? We're talking about some version of God and I can simplify it and be like, cool. I can wave my hand and be like, it's some version of God. Cool. But if we're using, again, this goes back to this is where I, I I start to struggle because I, I I listen to what I'm told or taught or what I read. The word of God means Christ. So when the word of God became flesh, that means Christ became flesh as Jesus of Nazareth, right? Okay, cool. But then anytime historically in the Old Testament where it talks about the word of God, then we're talking about the yet unborn Jesus doing things, right? Okay, fine. Cool. Then I'm told 
that the angel of the Lord is the spirit doing things. Well, where are you getting that? Because when I asked the question before, where's the proof that the Holy Spirit was preexistent, going back to tying the Trinity together, the two requirements are that it's God, it's part of the Godhead, and that it was preexistent because Dre had his theory that the Holy Spirit didn't come into existence until after Christ was crucified. And then that essentially gave birth to or gave rise to or whatever. And I'm again, I'm, Dre, I'm hypersimplifying what you said, but I'm just sure, trying to sure. recall what you said. And I don't hate or dislike or reject it. I'm just like, that's an interesting thought. So if that's the case, cool. And then Brian, your response is, yeah, that's impossible because the Holy Spirit was preexistent because God's preexistent and the Trinity all were preexistent. Okay, well, then where's the biblical proof that the Holy Spirit was preexistent? And what people point to are, well, the angel of the Lord, the angel of God, blah, blah, blah. Okay, cool. But then if it's conflating that with Jesus, like, is it, was it preexistent or not? I've honestly, I've never heard anybody conflate the angel of the Lord with this, the spirit of, of the Lord. Um, so the, all of those are Jesus. Uh, I wouldn't, I, and I'm not arguing. I'm asking a question. I'm just trying to clarify where you're at on this, so I, we can we can move on because I don't. I, I wouldn't work. Yes, double loss. The, all of the all the the angel of the Lord and the word of the Lord. Um, those are interchangeable terms for Jesus. the same figure, the Son. Right. This God, the Son. Okay. And, so then we're in. So then we're in the bloody Bible. Is the Holy Spirit mentioned outside of the New Testament? Um. Uh, Genesis one. Um, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was formless, empty, and darkness covered the covered the covered the surface of the deep, and the the spirit of God hovered over the surface of the waters. Um, and his this the I mean, if you if you just do like a Bible gateway search, the the, the spirit of the Lord appears all all over the place. That's when when Samuel anointed King Saul, it says that the spirit of the Lord will come upon you and you'll be given a different heart. You'll be, and then it, he anointed him and it happens. And then he says the spirit of God came upon him and he was turned into a different person. Um, it says that throughout the book of, it says that throughout the Torah, um, there's that, there's that passage I quoted last week that Jesus alluded to in numbers 11, where the, it doesn't say the spirit, it says the spirit that was on Moses was put on the, the elders later on, this is mentioned like in the Psalms and and in the New Testament where they comment on it, and it's understood to be the the Holy Spirit. Um, I mean, the, it's the Spirit. This the Holy Spirit is mentioned throughout the Bible, and I and I would say that the the common the common thread, like God in the absolute primary sense, is he he's beyond our comprehension he's infinite he's eternal he cre he created all light and sound and form and substance and time and space and matter and energy and so he transcends these things so he can't be seen but in order to reveal himself in creation he has to manifest in some kind of a he has to take on some kind of appearance that is the angel of yahweh the word of the lord and to that to that uh, idea of the word of the lord i sent you guys a video and it's uh the, for the listeners if you want to look it up it's 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 by michael heiser um it's titled are there um is the word is the word of god a person or is the word of the lord a person he cites uh, Genesis 15, where it says that the word of the Lord came to Abraham, Abram in a vision. 
um, like we think we hear the word of the Lord came to someone and we think that they're hearing God's voice within them. But a vision is something that you see. Yeah, no, I, and, and and I think the reason I when I when I watched yeah, that video and I told you it didn't I, help me, it's because I I wasn't struggling with that. Yeah, I'm just I'm just laying this out for the viewers oh, okay. to kind of to kind, of kind of connect these concepts. Um, and in First uh, Samuel three, it says the word of the word of the Lord came to Samuel. And if you look at the language there, that there there's there's anthropomorphized language there, um, and also. Uh, Jeremiah one, it says that the word of the Lord came to him and the word said this. And like, it's not just that he got a word from the Lord. The word of the Lord is the, is the per, is the figure to whom he's in with whom he's interacting. And so this is, that's why it's understood that the word of the Lord and the angel of the Lord are the same figure that the second person is basically to, you know, I don't want to, I hope I don't scandalize too many people by using Hindu language, but it's essentially God's avatar. Um, I, I think that's actually a good word. I think the reason I uh, well, one more point, one more point, just because I want to round this off okay. for the, with the Trinity, uh, the Spirit of the Lord is God's God's active presence within creation, but but disembodied. Um, like He speaks through prophets through the Spirit. Um, he He gives life to nature through the spirit it's basically god in the primary absolute sense is transcendent but god in the imminent sense that's that's the holy spirit sent out into all the earth and so the, those those three aspects of god are they all appear throughout the old testament um by those terms and the and the what what the angel of the lord does is not what the spirit of the lord does um, no i agree also, with that no I, so i so let me let me respond to some of this so if for, for, for sake of the conversation moving along, let me just agree with everything you said, at least re relative to angel of the Lord, the word being the same, fine. I don't, I don't, I haven't even thought enough about that in this moment to have a formed opinion. I'll, I'll do some more reading and come back on that. Can I, can so, I connect one more dot? Sure. It's pretty quick. Sure. Um, well, when you read in, in uh, John's gospel, he opens it with, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God and the word was God. And he describes what, what the word is. Um, um, the word became flesh. Well, the concept of the word, well, first that's, that immediately harkens back to the figure to, to Jewish readers that immediately harkens back to this figure that we just talked about, who is uh, interchangeable with the angel of the Lord, the, the word of the Lord. Um, but also to, to Greek readers, logos was a technical term in, in uh, Greek philosophy. It was, it's, it's, it's the divine rational principle by which, by which the universe exists and operates. It's the mind of God within creation. Um, Philo of Alexandria wrote a lot about it and kind of connected it back to I'm not going to get into the details, but it, it's a tech. It's it that term logos. It has it invokes both of these concepts at the same time, and there's a lot of they they interlap a great deal. Deal. So when he says the Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us, he's talking about Jesus. And when he says that no one has ever seen God, but God, the one and only, who is at the Father's side, has made Him known. He's he's basically. He's not saying explicitly, this is the angel of the Lord take in human form, 
but he's he's appealing to the the basic the the background principle by which the angel of the Lord's role was understood because God can't be seen. God in the absolute primary sense is too transcendent to be seen or, or interacted with. He needs an avatar to, in order Mm -hmm. to interact with man. He's saying that Jesus is that, that person who that figure with that people interacted with at who was God. That's Jesus. That's him in, in human form. Now that's, basically what John's prologue means. And so, uh, so I, I get it. I, I, I get it. And I, I mean, I, I read that and I I've read it a couple of times. So I understand what you're saying. I think the avatar concept is, it makes sense. Right. Um, it, it, the funny thing is you're, you're, you were worried about the scandalousness of using, um, Hindi culture, but it's technical, right? Like we use the term avatar when you're talking about like social media and whatnot. So it's kind of the same thing. Well, um, and it, and it is, I mean, if you look at their concept of an avatar, that's what it means. Does right. it? Yeah, no, I know. Yeah. It's like, that's what, that's what a digital avatar is like. This is supposed to represent me, right? Like this is my avatar. It looks like Matt. Hey, look at me. Um, so uh, my two problems with what you said, if all of that's true, one, what I'm left with then are the are the excerpts in the Bible where it actually says the um, Spirit of God, and that now we're back to the conversation we were having last week, where every verse I just did the search on it in Bible Gateway, where it talks about the Spirit of God, is even more un- unpersonal. It's right. It's, it's, it it it's rushes upon David. It, yeah. It turns yeah. away from. David. So right. Samuel's got it three times. It's, it's mentioned 47 times in the Old Testament. Right. And all of I, them are not, I, it's not a person. That it's, that's not the words being used in the Bible when it's talking about that. It's very much a feeling. It's like happiness. Um, it's love. It's. it's I actually the, just read this this morning. I wasn't, I wasn't looking for it. It just came, it just came a, it just, it was just my normal reading, but mm-hmm. in Ezekiel 11, um, then the spirit Ezekiel lifted 11, me up. 24. No, um, I don't know. Maybe Ezekiel eleven twenty four. The wind lifted me up and carried me to the exiles of Babylonia. <laughs> um, that one? No, that's not the one. Um, give that's me a Ezekiel. second. <laughs> that's the only yeah, one I see in Ezekiel. That's, well, then the spirit of Yahweh came on me, and He told me to say, "This is what Yahweh says. This is what you were saying, you leaders in Israel. But I know what is going through your mind. You have killed many people in the city and full of trees, et cetera, et cetera. But I mean, the spirit of the Lord came on him and he, the spirit of the Lord told him to say this, um, speak, he's, it's the spirit of God, but he's speaking of God in the third person. And by the way, he is speaking, he's the spirit of the Lord is, um, he's doing what people do. Oh, Okay. So the different, there's a nuance there. I did a, I did a search on spirit of God and I can't do a double, a double search at the same time. So but, it's, it uses two different, two different uh, terminology, two, two, two different naming conventions there. That's why I missed it. But okay. also an interesting point. That, that does we, say, and it said to me, so there's that. Okay. I, that's fair. No, it, does, it doesn't say, and it said to me, it said, he said to me. It says, and said, well, I guess it depends on what, which translation you're reading. Um, but um, so the spirit is a person, but also an interesting point. Um, uh, he's and if you read that chapter in its entirety, which I recommend, he's he's giving Ezekiel a, a vision of uh, basically God is 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 leaving the the temple. He's going to uh, he's the uh, 
the Jewish people have uh, rebelled against him for too long. He's he's putting he's sending him into exile. So Ezekiel has a vision of the glory of of the Lord leaving the temple in the city and leaving it behind. And this is with his scary ass cherubim. <laughs> Right. Um, and then that's, and this is kind of presages the destruction of the temple. Um, but in that very passage, he also talks about, um, hold on a second. Ah, sorry, my computer's acting up. Um, da, 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 da. So, so that part's cool while you're well, looking. Hold, I'll make, hold on. This is important. But like we talked about last week, last week, how the the temple is is the model for salvation, and how this the presence of God came upon the temple, and that was God's presence. That's 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 what it meant for God's presence to be among them. So he has this vision of the presence leaving, and then uh, he promises in this passage. Um, this is what the sovereign Lord says. I will gather you from the nations and bring you back from the countries where you have been scattered. And I will give you back the land of Israel again. They will return to it and remove all its vile images and detestable idols. I will give them an undivided heart and put a new spirit in them. I've removed from them their heart of stone and give them a heart of flesh. Then they will follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. They will be my people and I will be their God. But as for those whose hearts are devoted to the vile images and detestable idols, I will bring down to down on their own heads what they have done, declares the sovereign Lord. And then he has the vision of the uh, the presence of God leaving the temple in the city, and so uh, history goes on. They they return from exile, they rebuild the temple in Ezra and Nehemiah. But as they do this, they everyone who's old enough to remember the first temple is weeping because the the new temple is so pathetic. Um, they've the the prophecies have sort of been fulfilled, like they've been able to come back and rebuild the temple, but they know they're still in exile because the glory of God has not returned. If you, if you follow Michael Heiser and, or just basic Christian theology on the day of Pentecost, when the Holy spirit descends upon, descends upon the church and the, the, the fire from heaven that makes them speak in new tongues. This is the spirit of God descending. This is understood to be the, the fulfillment of the prophecy. When the glory returns to the temple, it's, it's us. And it, it kind of speaks to the overall, you know, when I tell you how the Trinity is vital to the gospel itself, that's, that's part of the picture. If, if you're, if your understanding of the spirit is that he's not God and not a person, then we don't have the spirit of God. We don't have God in us and we're not the temple. Like the, not, the whole story just doesn't make any sense. It doesn't cohere. And so, the issue isn't you have to believe this or you're not saved, but if you don't believe this, like the, it, it does raise the question, well, what, what do you believe? What is it that you understand salvation to be, if not that? So, and I, I thought it was, you know, again, I wasn't looking for that. I just came across that passage in my reading and it seemed to fit so perfectly with our discussion that I thought it was be worth pointing out. No, that's cool. And, no, it's it. So that's I, I'll have to go back and double check against all the different entries of that type of word, right? Because that's again, I just I can only search what I a phrase that I can know I'm searching against. But I'll, I'll have to go read some more of that. The only other pushback I have on, uh, or I guess this is more of a philo. I should lean back away from the microphone. More of a philosophical interpretation of words, right? Words matter, hence hermeneutics. 
um, angels. Angels have a very specific role or job, and it's a thing, right? Like, I, I'm I, I'm not aware of Elohim being angels and being cherubim or being seraphim and something else, right? And so I'm kind of confused at the idea of the word also being an angel and also being the son of man. Like that just seems well, kind of, that seems kind of odd. Okay. Well, for angel is, uh, as you and I have discussed, angel is a job, is a job description. It just means messenger. Mm-hmm. And so in that way, you know, calling him the messenger of Yahweh and the word of Yahweh, like, you know, it's just, those are synonyms basically. Um, But, um, and if you're reading the old Testament in the original Hebrew, that the term angel means a very specific thing, but by the time you get to the new Testament, like the, you know, the, the Bible is strictly monotheistic. There is one God. There's no other God beside him. You worship him alone. Um, but it does mention God's Elohim and the, mm-hmm. and the Beni Elohim, the sons of God, um, which are interchangeable terms. But the, but the, the ancient Hebrews understood with that. Those aren't gods that we worship They're That just means they're divine mm-hmm. beings. Right. They're created beings. But as time went on and they had more interaction with, you know, Hellenism became a major influence uh, under, under the rule that after Alexander's conquest, they were ruled kind of variously by the Ptolemies out of Egypt and the Seleucids out of, uh, out of uh, Syria. Um, both Greek cultures. And so Hellenism was a major influence. So by the time the Bible was translated into, into Greek and the Septuagint, there were, there was a, they kind of had to, to, to head off this, this idea that the Bible supports polytheism by, and that's why they call them. That's why they started calling those beings angels. It's not because they're angels in the technical sense that was meant in the old Testament. It's that it's, it's easier to just, to they use wanted that a word shorthand. to replace Elohim to replace the word God, so they weren't saying gods, 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 gods. Exactly. Yeah. And so, it, so the well, I, I mean, the that, word that's, angel that's has New Testament. I was, I was just talking more to the Old Testament <clears throat> angel. I'm being, I'm being literal in this sense. I'm not, I'm not being generic with it, right? Okay. And it's, and it's, it says angel of the Lord in the in the Old Testament. So that's right. why that's why I'm addressing it there. I'm not I'm not it never says that in the New well, Testament. I, the angel of I, the Lord doesn't exist in the New Testament to my knowledge. It's, they were, that was only in the Old Testament. Well, they talk about angels uh, with they use a different connotation for it in the New Testament, so it can lend it can lend itself to confusion. That's fair. Like in Revelation or other places where it talks about angels this angels that it could just mean Elohim or Yeah, or it it really is just talking sons about sons of God or whatever. Often it's just talking about like when Jesus says that he's going to return in his father's glory with the angels. Mm-hmm. He's not saying like he's going to be surrounded by messengers right. who are all like carrying letters or have no, he he's talking about these divine beings who are who are looking brown do for you? <laughs> What's that? I was thinking more like the 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 the, the post apocalyptic movie with Kevin Costner. Oh, the, the postman. The postman. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's a good movie. <laughs> I feel like it got a bad rap. It did. I don't. I don't know why people hate it so much, but I I loved it. Um, I might watch it after this. 
how do you think about it now that you're reminding me of it? But uh, <laughs> we got to wrap this up like I watched the postman. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, I, all my I, water world. No, that's, that's exactly a terrible movie. exactly um, <laughs> that one was weird. Totally. The the same director made a movie called Risen with uh, Joseph Find about uh, he's a Roman soldier investigating uh, the missing body of Jesus. It's, oh wait, oh maybe that was that wasn't it. Okay, I watch it every year. Was Not, it good? Yeah, it's great. Like you watch, I it, like, at, you watch it at Easter instead it, of the usual stuff. Holy Week, I like to watch um, on Wednesday. I like to watch the Last Temptation of Christ. Okay. There are there are issues really? with really I love that movie. I absolutely okay. love it. There are things I don't like about it, but if it's a Scorsese joint, right? Yeah. yeah. Um but I think but you I just wa- like Barbara Hershey. That's what I think. I do, but I don't like I can't like I can't go there with that movie because <laughs> because just because right. you know I why, mean Willem but, Dafoe as Jesus is kind of Well, I've actually never me, watched it. You should, I highly recommend it. So I watched. Willem Dafoe is Jesus. Yes. So I watched <laughs> the last temptation of Christ on Wednesday. Um, Friday. I watched the passion of the Christ Saturday. I watched Darren Aronofsky's the fountain. And then on Sunday I watched risen and it's, uh, that's quite a list. Yeah. It's uh, I recommend it and I don't want to, I don't want to ruin it. (laughs) (laughs) I hear the fountain is a, is a panty dropper. That's that's what I hear. (laughs) I've I've never heard of the fountain. uh, Hugh Jackman. It's the, it's, it's basically, it's about death. It's basically like his, his wife is terminally ill. He's a doctor trying to find a cure for her. Oh, that one. Yeah. You watch that during, has, that that fits in with the other ones that you just yes, mentioned perfectly like a glove um now like a glove I, I recommend it like watch that and then watch risen and just like it it, it speaks for itself just the okay. there think of it as a as a dueling conversation about about the nature of death and where where we should put our hope I mean, but why not just watch like I don't know, like Jacob's Ladder or something, <laughs> with the one where Tim Robbins is tripping acid, right? Tripping I, balls, or I, uh, or uh, what's the one with Kiefer Sutherland or, or uh, Flatliners? Yeah, it's a good day to die. It's not. Good. <laughs> this uh, was Brian's Corner, sponsored by IMDb, right? <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's my recommendation. You can okay. Uh, I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not opposed to watching it. I, I'm, like I said, I've never watched The Last Temptation of Christ. So. And yes, ladies, he's right. I am available. <laughs> Might not be for long. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Last now you're going to have to wonder if all of these women that started approaching you are only coming after you because of your internet fame. <laughs> I'll, t- I'll take what <laughs> I can get, man. <laughs> the Last Temptation of Christ, really? Have you seen it? Of course. Yeah, it's... Uh, I- Ask Matt if I've seen weird movies. I mean, it's there's, uh, not, there's not a lot he hasn't seen, especially now, the older stuff. You know, I don't, I don't take Martin Scorsese as a prophet. You know, I'm not, I don't sign off on every aspect of it. You don't think it was an inspired work? Um, 
in a sense it was, but I mean, when you, the book is way better, but just if, when you stop and yeah, I know that's cliched, but there's stuff that he puts in the movie that doesn't need to be there. That's just not in the book. But if, if you read the book and, and, and watch the movie or either one or the other, and take into account, he's not saying this is who Jesus was or is. Right. He's it's, saying, just, it's just, it's an artistic spin on what happened. Who, who well, it's not that? even that. It's not even an artistic spin. Do you know who wrote it? Uh, Nikos Kazakhstan, Kazanstankis, Kazanstant. I can't, it's Nico something, Kazakh sure. something. But uh, the point of it is not to tell you what anybody thinks happened. The point of it is what if Jesus was just a normal man like us who had that mission and the responsibility, what would that be like? Um, like he's not, at, he's, it's quite, you might watch it thinking he's, this is something he's saying about Jesus. It's yes, but in a negative sense, like this is, this is to contrast what a mere human would be like in the place of Jesus and the true Jesus shines out all the brighter for the difference. Harvey Keitel is Judas Iscariot. Yeah. And David Bowie is Pontius Pilate. Yeah, David Bowie. Yeah, man. Yeah. It's a good movie. And the, the Peter Gabriel it, it, soundtrack is it, it, it is a, amazing. It is a wow. But I remember the first time I watched, I tried to watch it like I was a brand new Christian. And I got, I got like 10 minutes in and I'm like, nope, uh -uh. this is, <laughs> this is blasphemous. Yeah. Crap. I mean, yeah, I mean yeah, nobody should watch this, Yeah, but like a few years later, I was in, I was, I was in college and I'm going to, I'm, I'm dating myself here. I it was just, I was in a dark place and I just like, I was, I, I just, I just needed some distraction. And hey, I Brian, like, were you what? in a, like, like an, like an unusually dark place or like your usual dark or did you have bangs that covered up one of your eyes? Was that the? I was an, I was an emo kid in college. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and so uh, like I prayed that you know God would kind of give me some kind of, you know, give you know give me some kind of direction, give me something to watch that's going to inspire me and give me a, a better perspective. And um, I was in the video store, and I just I just kind of felt I just kind of kept seeing the Last Temptation of Christ, and I just kind of felt like. I'm like what now? I'm not, I'm not gonna watch that. But it just, it just kind of, it was like the only movie there that I could that I could even consider. And so I watched it, and it just totally changed my perspective on stuff. But it, it's been over thirty it. years since I've seen it, so right. I, I do need to check it out again with fresh eyes. Are you watching trailers right now, Matt? No, no. I mean, okay. I'm reading. I'm I'm checking the synopsis and stuff on it, and. Like I was, so the, yeah, the, the last temptation of Christ, it. the passion, the fountain, and risen. Um, you're welcome. So, okay. uh, yeah, so did we solve the Trinity? Certainly not, but we, we 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 moved the ball further. I really thought I thought we were gonna, I thought we were gonna get it this time. You're gonna get comments say, Brian, you did it. <laughs> those are the two jackasses yeah they they don't they're heretics i don't even know why you talk to them right why are you wasting your time i don't know why you waste your time with that especially that one heretic idiot right. over there matt are you hey. gonna let him say that about you i mean i'm okay with it like <laughs> I, I get it all the time 
I would I answer from, them because I, I get it from Draco twenty four seventy seven or whatever the hell his numbers are. No. <laughs> <laughs> although he came to church today and what? uh and uh i was sitting next to him and the pastor's like i'm gonna hijack what paul wrote here and, and restate this and i went Ugh. <laughs> he kind of looks at me he's like did you just Ugh. so the great has, apostle has has dre's <laughs> cynicism toward paul rubbed off on you no we we both that was actually a lot of uh, a lot of what drove our ongoing chat was he and I having this back and forth chat. So Dre and I've had, you know, a whole bunch mm. of other discussions like the Anunnaki and all this other stuff that we've like sat and waxed philosophical about for hours and hours on end. And all of that will make its way into this at some point. Yeah. We need to, uh, so but do we have like any other questions about the, I mean, the Trinity? Uh, I, I mean, I, I I think the best thing you did there was I like the the just basically being like Matt, stop focusing on the word angel because angel and the word are like the same thing and blah blah. I, I, that's cool. Um, I don't know. I I, I got to read some more. Got to pray some more. Think, listen, hear, feel all those things. But and, uh, and just to kind of tie a quick bow around it, um, like the two powers in heaven idea, like we talked about how Daniel seven is a major passage for the, the the concept of the two powers in heaven in second temple judaism that passage is also why jesus referred to himself as the son of man no i i totally get that yeah. i understand that he was he was invoking that that language and that but i need you to explain something for the listeners what does second temple judaism mean you uh, said that the, as a throwaway yeah i'm sorry it's it's the period of time in which the second temple stood around like what happened to the first temple? It got destroyed by the Babylonians. Okay. Um, just presaging the, yeah, that's a major arc in the Bible is uh, that it's not talked about much in churches and it really that's should why, be. That's why I asked you to clarify. Yeah. I understand in, in, in the <laughs> academic circles that that's real common language, but I assure you that walking down the street and grab people coming at church and go, or you, you know what second temple Judaism means? They'd be like, or even, do you know what the Babylonian exile is? Right. Um, like that's like that's a huge deal. Like that's the if you just by sheer volume, if you compare like in the Bible how much the Exodus is talked about versus the exile, like it's Exodus is there's a whole nobody book about people it. at home can't see me, but if if you could, you'd see me making a small little thing for the exodus and a big giant tall uh bar graph for the exile it's like a huge like just by sheer volume it's a it's probably the the most important event in the old testament and so we can see you john cena we can see you i don't follow wrestling yet you You knew what i was talking talking about i know (laughs) yeah because he's an actor who hates america and and speaks and apologizes in chinese that's what I know about him. That's why I know about you, John Cena, because I know you listen to this. I don't think he hates America. I think he likes getting paid by wow. Chinese investors that probably own a majority share in the WWE and the movies that he acts in. Wow. John Cena. And just so you know, over the last 10 years, I've gone from Paul's a fraud and Christianity's bogus 
to yeah well okay you've he's got i know i know you dipped into the whole christ wasn't resurrected like I remember us, I remember you and I having that conversation at one point. So I don't know, like how yes. I don't know where you've gone in and out of that at, right? And did I say that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, around the same time we were talking about the the Anunnaki. Hmm. Yeah, that makes mm-hmm. sense. Or maybe it was a theory you were fleshing out. I th- I think that's more likely. And, that's, and I, yeah. you know, whatever. I I'm, mean, it's it's not I'm, like you said to me, and I was like, what? I'm I'm fuzzy on where you're at now on that though. I know, isn't that cool? (laughs) So so (laughs) I mean I I think we can leave it fuzzy if you want. I I just I think my I think my man had a had a little bit of beef, but I don't think he was as far apart as as I would thought he was before. And um and I I think that there are I meant about the resurrection. resurrection. Oh the yeah, he's resurrected. Just what does that mean? What is bodily resurrected? <laughs> Trace like, Trace like, yeah, he's resurrected. What the hell are you talking about? And we're both like, oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, I am fuzzy about where you're at at Paul, but I'm more interested in where you're at on the resurrection. That's a little more important. Yeah. I mean, it's a pretty big deal, I guess. I mean, yeah. 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 He's right. Yeah. He, he, he was, he was raised on the third day. That's what I believe. Awesome. And the bodily. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but what okay. is a body? So you, you know what a body is. Do I? What is a bill? You, you, you're, you, ha- you, you are a body. Exactly. I'm a body, but that's not what Paul describes. Paul does not describe my body. Well, not you specifically. He doesn't describe any human body. It, but, uh, but, but, but that's, but guys, that's a weird right. rabbit hole because it doesn't matter. That wasn't the resurrected Christ that Paul saw. Paul saw a version of him, and it doesn't. It's not relevant. Um, uh, no, I it's think not it's not relevant if Paul. No, saw he him says it. No, he says body. he says the same thing. He said he he revealed himself to to Cephas. Mm-hmm. He revealed last, himself to James. He revealed to the five hundred to all the and and then last me. Which but none means, of that means uh, it had to have been his resurrected body. It just he means he, he saw, revealed himself. He it, said he saw it, the same shit as everybody it, else. It does mean that. Yes, mm, that's not how I read he, it. He he appeared, he appeared to Cephas, mm-hmm. then to the twelve, right. then to the five hundred, right. then to James, then all the apostles. Last of all, he appeared to me mm-hmm. also. I read it also. Yep, I read those words. But none that's of what that it means. means none of that says it had to have been in his resurrected body. I kind of. I mean, it's I, no, I, it doesn't. It doesn't. If you, me and if, Brian versus Matt. Finally, the <laughs> whole point. The whole point of him saying that is. But if Christ has been raised from the dead, how can mm-hmm. some of you say there is no resurrection from the dead? Right. Or if there is no resurrection from the dead, then Christ has not been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your, your faith is futile. You're still in your sins. The whole point of that chapter. You're, you're, you're missing the point that I'm trying to make. I, I hear you. And you keep reading the same things. I've read the chapter recently, like yesterday. I get it. What I'm trying to say is being revealed means he was resurrected. Otherwise, it didn't happen. Okay, right. But but, but yeah. he's 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 trying. But I think that Paul is saying that you can believe me because I saw the same thing <clears throat> with those guys who no, you call. I, yeah, but you saw the I'm same trying, thing. But, but what I'm trying to say is be, being resurrected. Okay, the tomb was empty, right? Yeah. Because his body was resurrected. Yeah. Okay. Then after that, like that's a binary moment. Was there a body in the tomb? No. Cool. 
did Mary see him in his resurrected body? Yeah. Cool. After that, it doesn't fucking matter if they saw him in his resurrected body or not, because they saw him and he spoke to them and his ass was resurrected. What? Mm -hmm. That's what I'm trying to say. It doesn't have to have been in his resurrected body that all of those other revelations occurred. But but he but he has that body. There's no other way to see him. What? No, what it's not you? true. Because lots of fucking people saw Jesus when he was showing up as the spirit of the Lord and the angel of the Lord bodily, and he wasn't in the same body. That wasn't the body that popped out of Mary. But that but now that he's been incarnated, now that he's been incarnate, now that he's a human being. And, that, and he's been raised as a human being. Mm -hmm. That's who he is now. That's I don't. I, that's that's what I'm saying. I don't. And that's, that's what we will that's be. Something that's something that you guys are putting onto the into the situation that I don't think is well, is, is required. If if you if you read the New Testament, like if you if you if you read the whole Bible and you look at, I mean, he appears as the angel. By the way, of the this Lord. is why I kept the recording going. Well, actually, are, are you recording right now? Mm -hmm. Yes. I'm gonna I'm gonna read something right now that I think is going to settle the whole thing. And it's going to sell you guys on the Trinity and we're going to agree on everything. And Matt is going to say, I feel silly. I was wrong. Thank you for correcting me, Brian. Um, I don't that felt silly. Wow. Shit. I've asked it's, it's, some good ass questions. Yeah. There's no silly. I mean, if this was easy, everybody would be on board. Mm -hmm. In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom also he made the universe. The son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being. What, what verse is that? Sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. So he became as much superior to the angels as the name he has inherited is superior to theirs. What verse is that? That's Hebrews chapter one. Um, and the point of that is that I'm uh, like, how did that settle it? I'm, I'm gonna explain it. Okay. So there's this variety of ways that God revealed himself, but now he's revealed himself through his son. Now that he's provided purification for sins and he's exalted to the right hand of God, of God, now he's basically exalted humanity above the angels. And now as a human being is how he reveals himself and how God reveals himself to humanity. And so if you take that just as framing and just look at look at how God reveals himself through just the whole pattern of his of his revelation in the Old Testament, and then after then with the incarnation and afterwards he's appearing to people when god appears to people in the in like in the book of acts um it's as jesus like that he is he is fulfilling the role that the angel of the lord fulfilled in the old testament because he is the same figure but now he's he's incarnate he's a human being that's that's his identity for all time and in fact for all we know what they were what they were seeing in the old testament was a man from nazareth with nail scarred hands and feet that's um, possible that is entirely possible <laughs> if, if that's if that's the case but but that wouldn't be the actual body that was resurrected unless he's time traveling it would well, have been an avatar of what's to come right I, I i don't think that's unrealistic i mean you you say that to be flippant but no, if I'm, God, not, I, I'm saying unless unless it was well, if God created time, I'm not saying it's not possible. I'm just saying it, it doesn't seem it, it doesn't seem. I I just likely. saw Indiana Jones yesterday, and it's possible. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. No, no spoilers. The Indiana Jones and the Dial of Diversity. 
It's it's actually not as woke as as you would as as like the the Daily Wire makes it. I don't to believe be. you, but uh, it's it's really not. But if God created time, I think Matt Walsh would think I was woke if he talked to me for five minutes. Like Matt thinks everything's woke. Yeah, for sure. M- he would probably think I'm like I'm I'm not I'm the least woke. Per- I'm probably no, he would think you're just a heretic. That's like- I'm I'm probably less woke than he is, but he would probably think I'm. I'm I'm a libertarian, so he automatically hates me. He thinks I'm, you're an idiot, right? Right? Yeah, he thinks he thinks he thinks libertarians are idiots because he's Catholic. Yeah, right. I'm yeah. I'm glad that. Yeah, that's Matt that's Walsh said. is canceled. You, you hear me, Matt Walsh? I would love to like debate Catholicism with him on his own show and just get a get a free Johnny the Walrus T-shirt or something. Yeah, but uh, fun fact, Delani. Had never seen any Indiana Jones, and the first one she sees is this one. Oh, that's sad. She's never seen any of. Them? That's what I. I'm like, of course you have. And, and then I try. I'm go racking my brain. Like it's been on when she's been home, <laughs> but then of the of the thirty years I've spent with this lady, she's she's never seen that film. I'm Later's... like, well, a lot of. Sorry, go ahead. And and spoiler alert: they bring back characters from a Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah, so I'm like, well, you don't even, I'm like quoting like as it's going be, be, before he says it. And, uh, and she's like, yeah, yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. And I'm like, well, you would have needed to see, I don't know, one of the greatest movies of all time. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know about all that. It is. It's the Raiders, Raiders of the Lost, of the Lost Ark, Ark was the first movie I ever saw in the theater. That it's, makes it the greatest movie of all time. Duh. It's, it's why I love movies and nothing has ever been as good other than Return of the Jedi. I think Raiders just, of the Lost Ark is kind of trash. You're trash. Your face is trash. Well, wow. Yeah, that's a hot take. But I, it, the acting is like. It's not about acting. And the, the acting is great. First you're of all, just, you're just stupid. Yeah. Repent. It's probably because uh, you're a libertarian. Clearly, an idiot. <laughs> it's because I'm a libertarian that I can think hey, for myself minute. and I wait don't fit into the dogma like I'm being told to believe. Like it was, it was pretty mid. I don't know what you want. I don't know what you want. I know. I don't. Yeah. What, what do you want? What is what? Like what? Name a movie that's better. Well, we're going to start. Just pick one. Uh, Star Wars Episode Three. You're wrong. The acting in Star Wars Episode Three is great. Oh yeah. <laughs> you you can't final, ever. The final sequence. The final sequence between Anakin and 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 Kenobi. So one scene was in an entire movie. Anakin's so love acting, is, Anakin's so acting, love is, acting is less than mid. It's trash. Oh, Ewan oh. McGregor, I will, I will admit that is actually Anakin's a pretty good acting. Is better than all the people in Lost Ark combined. You, that is the worst take I've ever heard. No, come on. I've heard bad takes. That's bad. No, that's I the worst. There's not a good actor. Hayden in that Christensen movie. is not, not as good as my son. Lost Ark. Uh, Harrison Ford is he's renowned. terrible in that movie. He's so cool. love has blinded you. It's because I'm so in love with you. That part. Yeah. I want to, I want to just Ford's acting. I want to set, I wanna he's set better him on as fire. Han solo than he is as freaking Indiana Jones. What you? Wow. I, I don't wow. think, I, I, you know what? Yeah. For, for at least for 24 hours. We're not friends. <laughs> <laughs> at least a, twenty. A bad take. Maybe like forty-eight. So Matt's wrong. It one hundred percent. Thanks for listening to Mount Hermeneutics. We hope you enjoyed the show, and maybe even took something away to think about. 
be sure to send us feedback, both positive and negative. Like and subscribe on all the socials and tell your friends. Until next time.